Well, good morning. My name is Tim. I'm the pastor here. I want to welcome you if you're new. If you're not new, I want to welcome you back. And today we're starting a, a mini vision series on the life of our church. Uh, we're celebrating what God has done and we're talking about what we hope he will do in the future. And so if you are new, it's going to be a little bit different for you. Normally, we just walk through a passage of scripture and just go verse by verse. We're going to do a little bit of that today, but it'll be a little bit more practical in nature as we go along. It will be a good Sunday, and the next two Sundays will be really good for you, whether you're new or not, really to get a peek behind the curtain. We're going to bring you into the kitchen, if you will, and show you what we're about as a church, what we really want to see happen as a church, what we hope, what we're praying for as a church that God will do in the future. So this is a good Sunday for you to be here. And this series is called Love Moves. And we've seen God's love move here in tons of ways uh, since we started as a new church. And we're going to show you just one of those ways uh, with a video. So turn your attention to the screen. Amen. Isn't that amazing? Well, that was Easter. If you missed it or if you're new, uh, we baptized four people. And every one of those people in that video has a story, a story of going from death to life. And just so you know, we're going to talk about a lot of things today. We're going to talk about some details, some practical things. We're going to talk about financials, mission statements, and all of those things. But listen, if we miss that, then we've missed the whole thing, that Amongst all the things we're going to talk about, that is why we are here. That ultimately the reason we planted this church, the reason, the reason God will move us forward as a church is we want to see more of that. That we want to see love move people to experience new life in Jesus Christ. That's why we're here. We want to see that multiply and move us 
to see that grow in our own lives as a new church. And so uh, that's something to celebrate. And as we celebrate, to look forward to more of that. We say this phrase a lot, love moves. And maybe you're new and you're wondering, what does that mean? Or maybe you're not even new, but you just never really understood that. Well, first it starts with our mission statement. That our mission statement is we exist to see people love Jesus, live like Jesus, and then lead other people to Jesus. And so love moves is an abbreviated way to even say that. So we want to see people love Jesus. To love him, they have to come to know him. They have to meet him. And so when they do that, we want to see that move them to live like him. And as they begin to live like him, we want to see them lead other people to him. Do you see that? So love is, is moving. It's not stagnant. It doesn't stand Still, I've shared this story before, but the best way I can explain it is this. When I met my wife in college, I saw her across the campus, and she smiled at me. It was a big day. She smiled at me. We didn't talk. I didn't introduce myself. I just went home, and I lay down on the couch, and I said to my roommate, I think I might love this girl. I mean, this girl I saw across the way, the most beautiful girl I've ever seen, she, she smiled at me. And he said, bro, she, she just smiled at you. And I said, yeah, but I think she might be the one. And I started thinking through that and talking through that with him. And you know what I didn't do in that moment? I didn't stay on the couch. No, I got up and I, I moved. I began to figure out her class schedule. So I would accidentally run into her on campus. I joined a study group of all girls. And I never studied. I just talked to her and it moved me to pursue her all the way towards marriage. You see, love never stands still, does it? By nature, it never stands still. And you've seen that in your own life and we see it in the Bible. 1 John 4, Nick just read it, but we see it in verse 7. We're just going to walk through it briefly. We see that love is from who? God. So the first thing we see about love moving is that it doesn't start with us. It starts with God. But it doesn't keep it to himself. He, it moves out from God, and we see that in verse 8. Look at the verse. It says love is made manifest. So love isn't just an abstract principle or sentiment. It is demonstrated. It's put on display. How? You see in the text, he sends his own son. It's the incarnation. Jesus coming to earth. God becoming man, being born in the likeness of man. And so love starts with God. But he doesn't keep it to himself. He, it moves out from him, and the primary way we see that is Jesus coming to earth. Do you see that? We see that continue as, as Jesus moves to the cross, as Jesus moves in the resurrection, as Jesus moves in the ascension with the Father on high. God's love moves. We see that primarily in Jesus. And as we continue in that text, when we trust in Jesus, it moves us. That first it moves in us. Verse 9, it gives us life. Verse 10, you see that word propitiation. That's a big word, meaning that the cross of Jesus Christ satisfied the wrath of God. And so love moves in us. It gives us new life. It saves us from God's wrath. But just like 
God's love isn't kept to himself. When we receive that love, it's not kept to ourselves. That it moves out from us. And you see that in verse 11. You see that we are to love one another. So love starts with God. It's made manifest in sending Jesus Christ to live, die, and resurrect. And that when we receive that love, when we trust, put our faith in the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus, we don't stand still. It doesn't terminate on us. It moves us out to love the people around us. That's why we have this in our mission statement. We believe that's what God has called us to in the greater valley and beyond, to see this love move. This is the story of my life. Um, I grew up around the church. Some of you have heard my story before, but I grew up around the church, knew all the language, went to church every Sunday morning, every Sunday night, every Wednesday night. And it was more of a routine than a relationship. In college, that that all changed. I, I went on this mission trip to Romania, and I shouldn't have been on the trip, to be honest with you. I wasn't in a good place in my relationship with Jesus. I wasn't equipped or prepared to go do something like that, but a friend asked me to go, and so I I went. I thought it would be a fun time. And during that week I was in Romania, like often happens on a mission trip, it changed me more than it changed anybody else around me. But in that place of brokenness, in that place where I shouldn't have even been there, God began to transform my life. I began to see him moving in, in my own life, and as that began to happen, I got to impart that to someone else, a 20-year-old guy named Bogdan, who at the beginning of the week when we met, he just said to me very clearly, he said, just so you know, I don't believe in a personal God. Yeah, I believe maybe somebody's up there, he's making all these things work, but you can't know him, he doesn't reveal himself to us, and, and that's just where I stand. And I said, okay. But we began to walk through scripture, and listen, I had no idea what I was doing. I had no idea what I was talking about. And we would walk through these difficult texts of scripture, and every time we would do that, he would ask these really hard questions. And every time he asked these really hard questions, I would say, I, I don't know. <laughs> you should ask somebody else. I, I don't know. But I would go to bed at night, and I would ask everybody around me, like, what do you think about this? He said this, how how would you answer that? Where do you see that in scripture? And we would sit together and God was moving in my life as I was trying to see that move in Bogdan's life. And I would go back to him and I would give him an answer every day. And every time I would do that, he would say, I think that makes sense. And I would say, really? (laughs) Why? Like, what? What? Why did that make sense to you? I don't understand. And he would just say, I think think it makes sense. And we would dialogue and we would continue. And at the end of that week, I saw this guy move from a place where he didn't think God was personal to him putting his faith in a personal God and, and receiving that relationship and salvation from that same God. That God radically transformed his life as he was transforming my life. And I began to see this picture, and I didn't articulate it in that way at the time, but that love moves. And that all of these things I'd read about, all of these words I had said my whole life, and all the t-shirts I had worn my whole life, that I began to understand and my eyes became open to this massive truth that, that the love that God has for us moves in and through us. And that I believe that God wanted me to live that out and lead out in that for the rest of my life. That's the short story of why I'm standing here today. 
And I know many of you, maybe you don't have that same story, but you have a story of of love moving you in and through your life if you know Jesus Christ. Because love never, it never stands still. That's the story of my life. That's the story of this church. Some of you know the story, but if you're new, just to recap it briefly, my family and I came out here in June of 2014 to lead a new church. It was just a few months old. It was part of a, a big network of churches and Because of some difficulties going on with that church, three months into the game here, we had to close that church down, unprecedented. And we had to get up. I had to get up and say, this is what's happening. It's confusing. It's sad. It's a sad day, but it doesn't have to be the last day. And while I said that, to be honest with you, to peel behind the curtain again, that week, one night, I was laying on the floor in my living room wasn't one of my best moments. And I was just asking God, why? Like, why did you bring us here? What are you trying to teach me? What are you trying to do with this group of people? God, why? And as I'm on the floor, laid out, asking that, my wife just said, Tim, what, what would you do if, if stability wasn't a factor? Like, Tim, what would you do if, if just finances and and just everything lining up? What what if that wasn't a factor in this moment? Like, what would you do? And I just said, uh, I'd plant a church. And she said, well, that's what we need to do. And in that moment, God used my wife, he used some other people to say, this is precisely why you're here. God's doing something. He's moving. He's molding you, and he's going to mold these people. And so I began to call many of you on the phone, meet with you, about 25 people, and say, hey, we have no money, we have no building, we have no name, but I think God's calling you to this. (laughs) And some people looked at me like I was crazy, but they still said yes. And then some people looked at me like I was crazy, and they moved on to something else, (laughs) because it was a chaotic time. But as I look across the room, I'm looking at faces of people who were there during that time, of people I had conversations with over coffee and over the phone, and and you said, man, I'm in. I don't know what this is going to look like either, but I'm in, and you have persevered. Love has moved you to stay, to be committed to this vision, and he's going to move through you as we continue as a church. And so that's our story as a church. That's why we are here. And a year and a half in, it's, it's tempting, isn't it, to say, we survived. It's tempting to take a deep breath, even for me, and say, we made it. We're, we're a year and a half in. We didn't even know there was going to be a church, and God blessed us with a, a name, a place to meet in, that you're here in today, that God blessed us with people and, and all these things, and, and we survived. Like, woo, we're here, right? It's tempting to get content, but we don't want to do that. We believe God has a greater story for Phoenix Bible Church. And that's what we're going to get into today. We're going to talk about two things primarily, and that's progress and potential. So progress, uh, part of that progress is our location. It's ASU prep. And so some of you know the story, but we began meeting in Grace Lutheran Church, an existing church at 5.30 p.m. It was really tough for our families to make that. And we began looking for a, a Sunday morning location, talked to ASU prep out of desperation. They had just met as a board and said, hey, we have this great facility. We should rent it out to someone. 
And I said, well, that's fantastic because we need you to rent it out to us. And they did. So January 11th, we launched here in the book of Philippians at ASU Prep. And, and there's a story behind that. And God's moved strategically in that. It's not just a place we gather on Sundays. Just one of those is a lady named Ellie who's on staff at this school. She's been coming to our church. She was one of the people who got baptized in that video. And just so you know, she didn't intend to come to our church. We brought the church to her. Like we began to meet her and talk to her because she helps us out with all these things and just said, Ellie, you should come. And she began to come. We gave her Bibles and we gave her kids Bibles and she began to meet with some of you in our church and walk through the Bible for the first time in her life. Listen, if we didn't have a set up and tear down facility, if we didn't have ASU prep, if God didn't have us meeting here, that wouldn't have happened. So this is more than just a space that we use for an event. This is a conduit for God's mission. Do you see that? And God blessed us. With that, that's part of our progress. Other progress, we, we've preached through three books of the Bible as a new church. We love the Bible because it reveals the Jesus of the Bible that's changed our lives. And so we want to look at the verses, the words, the paragraphs, the books of Scripture because we believe that's how God transforms our lives. And so we've gone through the book of Philippians. We've gone through the book of 1 Thessalonians. We just finished the book of 1 Peter, we, we've gone through three books of the Bible already as a new church. We've had 18 baby dedications. That's one way to grow a church. But there's stories behind those babies. I think at least three families, they didn't think they could have kids. I mean, like medically, they were seeing specialists and all those things. They didn't think they could have a kid, or if they did, it was going to be a really long, hard process. Some of those people were up on the stage asking for prayer, talking about how God's teaching them and molding them through this difficult time in their lives. Listen, those people have had babies. You just heard one of them cry. God is, God is moving. We've got to pray for those people and see God do a miracle in our families. We have nine community groups. That's not just a metric Community, authentic relationships is a big value for us. And some of you have seen that and experienced that. One person is somebody who was setting up this morning named Grant. I asked him if I could share his story. And he, he came to our church on a bus. And if I'm getting the details right, he drove an hour on the bus and would have to drive an hour back. But he, he felt like God was doing something in his life and he needed something new in his life and a group of people to surround him in his life. And so he showed up here on a bus and the next week, he sent me a long dissertation of an email because he was so excited and so blessed because some people in our church made sure he never took a bus again, that they took him home after church, they invited them to their group, they invited him over for lunch, and they came around him as a community. And every Sunday, that guy is setting up and tearing down is introducing other people to Jesus through this church, that God's blessed us through community and our progress there. He's blessed us through partnerships. Hope Women's Center and Verde Park, our downtown ministry that we get to be involved in, mentoring kids and serving the homeless. We are about to do, uh, over the next three weeks leading up to Mother's Day, May 8th, we're gonna do a supply drive for Hope Women's Center 
just to give them what they need. So they have a list. We're going to let you guys know that list. And we're just going to bring stuff over the next three weeks to bless them in a tangible way and bless moms, some of whom are in immense poverty, some of whom who are dealing with a crisis pregnancy, some of whom are experiencing domestic violence. And we get to, in our sphere of influence, make an impact that for the glory of Christ. Some of you as community groups, you've served there, and we're going to do that collectively as a church over the next few weeks. But listen, it's not just about this area. That God has placed us downtown. We have a, a great location, a great area. It's not just about this area. It's about the whole valley that we want to see love move in and through this whole valley. And we have ideas and dreams for that. One of those is we give 2% of our budget to church planting. To see new churches just like ours started across the valley, across the world. So we want to give to that financially. And that's amazing that we get to be able to do that. And we're only a year and a half in as a church, but we want to create a culture of multiplication where we see what happened here expand throughout the valley and beyond. And God has done that through us. We've seen a Bible study we call PBCPM. We started that in January, a monthly Bible study. We did our first series on the glory of God. And some of you have been a part of that. Some of you have led that. And it's really twofold. We get to reach uh, some college students and young adults and talk to them and teach them scripture and core essentials of the faith. But we also get to raise up new leaders. And so I taught the first one. I haven't taught since. We've had other guys in our church. I've walked through just outlines and how to put together a lesson. And they've gotten to stand up and teach. We're doing that tonight. It's the last one of the semester we're, another guy's going to stand up and teach on the, the glory of God. And we've raised that up as we're raising up new leaders and building into the next generation. You saw the video earlier, but we've seen eight baptisms in our first two years of God raising people to new life in him. And that's, that's ultimately what we're about. We've seen a lot of things we can't measure. We've seen marriages healed, addiction and sickness healed, new life in impossible situations, leaders formed, gospel seeds planted. And it's not just me. Maybe some of you are listening to this and are like, good job, Tim. Like, way to go. I'm glad you've done all that. I'm good, good for you. No, it's not just me. That, that's represented. I don't know if you noticed on Easter when we baptize people, I'm not in the tank. That other people are. That people in the lives of these people that have influenced them, they're in the tank. They're, they're taking them under the water and out of the water to celebrate their new life in Jesus. That's a representation of the life of our church, that we're equipping you as the saints for ministry. I get to be a part of that. I get to lead it, yes, but it's not me. It is all of us together for the glory of Christ and for our joy. So that's our, our progress, and we have also want to see potential and so we're going to share a few things about that with you. And, and basically in two ways, we're going to talk about our long-term vision and our short-term goals. So long-term vision is like our dreams, big picture, stuff we hope to accomplish, but that's years down the road, stuff that you can be praying for. And then we'll talk about short-term goals that we believe in this next season God can accomplish through our church. And so long-term vision, we basically are going to talk about three things, ministry development, ministry hub, and ministry expansion. Ministry development is primarily going to be staffing, development, resources, and training. And so some of you know this, some of you are these people, but we have amazing leaders in our church. Amazing leaders in our church, but a lot of them are, are volunteer. I'm the only paid staff. And so they're giving outside of their work time, they're giving their time and sacrifice 
to see this church move forward and to care for and to lead you. And so in light of that, we, we love that. We don't want that to go away. But in light of that, we want to we train those people. We want to equip those people. We want to bring other people in to do that and expose them to conferences and resources to train them, to build them up and to love and lead them in that way. We also want to see our church continue to grow and to be able to care for and maintain growth. And to do that, just to be real direct with you, we need more staff. In addition to those amazing volunteer leaders, we need more staff. So we need people to come alongside me and and help care for you and, and be in places that I can't be. And we believe that's possible in this next season, but that's ultimately where we want to go. We also want to see a ministry hub, a ministry hub. God's given us an amazing location. Just so you know, so we don't take this place for granted, a lot of church plants meet in a full setup and teardown situation. And so these chairs, they were already here by God's grace, amen? We didn't have to roll out uh, things to set up these chairs. They're already here. This stage, we didn't have to build it, amen? It's an amazing facility, isn't it? But ultimately, we want a place where we can plant roots, and we, we think that's longer term, but ultimately, we want a ministry hub. We want to be rooted in this city, and, and here's just a little bit why, is that many of you don't know about downtown, but downtown is drastically changing. It's drastically changing. You talk to people that have lived in the valley for a long time, in the last five to 10 years, it's drastically changed already, and that's just going to continue. I just read that uh, downtown's going to get its first full-service grocery store in Fry's. It's a big deal, right? People are going to be able to get groceries in downtown. The Phoenix Suns just partnered with an old warehouse to raise up that warehouse and renovate it to become a wellness center. It's literally right by Talking Stick Resort Arena. So people can get health care, people can buy food, people can live in downtown where earlier in the life of the valley, that wasn't a reality. It's becoming more of one. And some of you think, well, I don't live downtown. I don't really care about that. Listen, you're missionaries to this area. We all are. God's raising us up as missionaries to this area. And just so you know, when I talk to other people in our city, other pastor friends of mine, they'll say things like, man, I can't believe what you guys are doing. I mean, that's tough soil down there. There's not, there's not as many neighborhoods. There's not as many families. And and what makes you guys do that? You know that's going to be really hard. And my response to that is like, yeah, I know it's hard. <laughs> I've experienced a little bit of that. But I think God has us here. I believe God has us here to be missionaries, to, to cultivate this soil, to see the gospel move forth in central Phoenix and beyond. That God has placed us, do you see it? God has placed us in the, the core of this city, the heart of this city, to raise up a new church for his glory and his name in Phoenix. And that we're missionaries, you're a missionary. You may not call yourself that, but you are. And so we want to see a presence, a hub, where we can send out people from here. To do that, we need a 24-7 space. And again, this is more longer term, but we believe that could be like a compassion center where we get to serve this area in tangible ways. A multi-purpose facility, it could be a building that we meet on Sundays. I'm not sure what God is gonna do with that, but we're looking in the next few years to see what God would have for us in that so we could plant roots and become missionaries in this area. Until we get there, God's placed us right here for a reason 
this street, 7th Street, is one of the most traffic streets in the downtown area. Uh, businesses, primarily people come through 7th Street. Right across the street from here, you have the U of A Cancer Center that just went up. Have you guys have seen that? Right down the street, you have two of the most popular places for families in the entire valley. You have the Children's Museum and Arizona Science Center. You have families driving down here throughout the week. You have Chase Field and the Arizona Diamondbacks right down the street. You have ASU downtown right down the street. And God has placed us here on this street. Listen, here's the problem. Nobody knows that. Nobody knows we're here unless they just go online and strategically look for a church downtown. And so we want to change that. And so long-term, that's a ministry hub. Short-term, we want to see some signage on the street, not a billboard, but some signage that lets people know Phoenix Bible Church is here, here to serve this area and to serve this city and to point them to Jesus. And so we just kind of made some progress on that, potentially. Uh, there's a parking lot right across the street that has a fence around it, and we're talking to them about putting up a sign right at the intersection of 7th Street and Fillmore that says Phoenix Bible Church, Sundays at 10 a.m., that points people to our church so that all of that traffic during the week that people find out about there's a church here that loves and cares for this city. And so we're working towards that and seeing what God would do with that. I invite you to pray towards that end. Ministry expansion is the third thing that we have an opportunity to invest in this area. Hope Women's Center, Verde Park, those are opportunities. We want to invest in this area in the the form of local missions. We want to do that beyond this area in global missions. We're hoping, praying for an opportunity to do that as a short-term mission trip over the next three to six months. And so we're planning for that and talking to different people about doing that. We want to see ministry expansion. Again, as a dream, this isn't happening anytime soon, but we want to be a church that plants churches. And so we're going to give to that, but we want to raise up leaders and send out people to go do that. So again, just dreams. But God has given us a group, a contingent on the west side of Phoenix. And I just think and I pray through, like, what would it be like if in the next five to ten years that we could raise up a new church in in the West Valley, and that we could be a part of raising up that leader, we could be a part of equipping those people and starting a new church. And what if we had PBC West one day? What if God did that? That we could multiply what he's done here and move that out across the valley. That in our backyard, we have one of the uh, most uh, Spanish-speaking areas in our city, right in our backyard. And listen, I'm not gonna reach those people The best I can do is ask how to go to the bathroom in Spanish. So it's not going to be me, but it could be one of you. It could be somebody else. And and what if we were to raise up a church plant right in our backyard and have PBC Espanol? Woo, what if, right? What if God did that over the next five to ten years? And some of you think, well, Tim, I can't even think about that. I mean, I'm just looking around the room. We need to do some work here, (laughs) Listen, it's the long-term vision. It's the big dreams, and we don't want to just be content with us here. We want to see beyond that. So I'd invite you to be praying towards that end as well. And then we have short-term goals, and so bringing that all down to the next season, maybe that will help you a little bit. In the next three to six months, we want to see this. We would love to see signage downtown, whether this works out or something else works out, to let people know that we're here. We want to bolster our efforts to serve here locally through our partnerships, and so we're talking about doing that. We want to see a short-term mission trip, and so we go 
global in our serving efforts, that's over the next three to six months. Over the six months to the next two years, we'd love to see staffing, ministry development, and training. We'd love to take those steps as a church, that we can serve you better, that we can grow better as a church. The next three to five years, I would love to see a multi-purpose facility or a compassion center that we use as a multi-purpose facility or a building or somebody deed us their building. Be praying for that. Amen. We'd love to see a, a hub rise up in Phoenix for Phoenix Bible Church over the next three to five years. And listen, with all that, we want to hold it with an open hand. These are plans. These are things I've been praying about. These are things we've talked as leaders about. But we want to say yes to what God wants us to say yes to. And so these are our plans, our, our vision that we believe God has given us. But as we move forward as a church, we want to be open to, to what he has for us. And we want to be listening for that. I was talking about the guy that works at Phoenix Seminary. And he's been a pastor in the valley for about 30 years. And I was with a group of pastors that are in different areas of the valley. And he just looked at me and said, man, what you guys are doing, like, I've been watching you. And I was like, really? Like, okay. And we just emailed one time when we started PBC, but he's like, yeah, I've been, I've been just paying attention to you guys, listening to your podcast, looking at your website, seeing what God is doing with you guys. Because I've been in the Valley for 30 years, and something's changing in Central Phoenix. And, and you guys are on the front lines of that. And I want to see how God raises you up and empowers you and equips you to do this. And so you guys need to know, as I, as I do, as I meet with people like that, others in the valley, people are, are watching to see this is, this is tough soil. What is God doing? And they've seen something rise up from the ashes, if you will, already. And they're like, what's God going to do with that to continue that? What are you guys doing? How can we help with that? And there's other churches that are wanting to come alongside us in that. Because they see the strategic place for the gospel that we have in this area. And so I want you to know that. And so I want to talk about just some practical details of that. To do that, I'm going to bring up Scott McGee. Uh, Scott, you can come up now. Scott helps oversee some of our finances. And so we're just going to talk about here's where we are and here's where we want to go. And so Scott's going to share that information with you and then I'll come back up. Good morning. How many of you are nodding out and drooling already because we're talking about numbers? Um, I just want to share something on a personal level. I just spent 10 days in South Africa um, leading a group of pastors from Detroit, Michigan, who are doing pretty much the same thing that we're doing here, only in one of the most economically depressed cities in the country. And when we sat around at night <clears throat> and we talked about what we're doing here in Phoenix, are we okay, guys? Um, and I told the story of Phoenix Bible Church to a, to a person. They said that's not normal. Uh, and these are pastors who have been in the, in the front lines of Detroit uh, for years, uh, and they really just couldn't believe uh, everything that God has done in and through Phoenix Bible Church in a really short amount of time. <clears throat> so that was really encouraging to me, and, and I thought I would share that to let you guys know that uh, God is moving here, and it is because of all of us 
and our faithfulness and our commitment to making this thing happen a year and a half ago um, with no guarantees of anything. So from the bottom of my heart, thank you all so much for your faithfulness and for being here every Sunday and standing with us uh, and going through the fire and the hard times to make this such a remarkable, remarkable story. Um, so with that, I want to talk a little bit about um, the vision that Tim just shared. Uh, in order to do those things, there, there's some realities to, to being able to do those, and that's financial. Um, this is always uh, a delicate subject to talk about in church, but I, we wanted to be transparent with you about where we're at um, and where we need to get to in order to make some of these things a reality. So we're going to keep this at 30,000 feet. We're not going to dig down into the weeds. But I just kind of wanted to give you a quick synopsis of where we are currently. So um, where we are right now, we're basically breaking even and being self-sustaining uh, with a, a really slight deficit. So you can see on the screen, right now our, our average giving per month is about $13,365. Uh, that's what we have coming in across the board, uh, which excludes outside giving. So we have partners from out of the state. We have partners that are um, helping to plant this church that provide income for us. That money that we get from them is used to do one-off things that, that we need to do as a church. For example, sending out mailers um, uh, and doing any kind of special events. So those things are wholly covered from the outside. We don't dip into our general fund to do those things. So that's taken care of. The rest of it is ours and comes from internal giving. And to be self-sustaining after a year and a half uh, is a remarkable thing. So guys, thank you so much for your faithfulness. You can see that our average expenses every month are about $13,500. So just a slight deficit spend, but um, really a great place to be after a year and a half. I mean, ultimately, just like your personal finances, you would like to bring in more than you pay out, right? Um, but we'll get there. Um, so inside of those expenses, just real high level are things like rent for this space. Um, Tim has office space downtown that, that we rent out for him to be able to sit and work and have meetings, things like that. Um, it pays for his salary. Uh, and it also pays for our insurance, supplies across all of our ministries. Uh, it pays for um, our kids' curriculum. It pays for the child care that the people that we pay to come in and, and help with our younger children. It pays for that. It pays for our storage facility. We still have some things that, uh, that we have to keep a hold of and we have to pay storage. So those are some of the things that our expenses go towards. Um, but overall, we're, we're standing on our own two feet. Uh, certainly there's room to, to grow in that, but that's an amazing story. You guys should give yourself a round of applause. Um, the outside giving uh, is directly a result of Tim and his hard work. Uh, just so you guys know that this guy works tirelessly. Uh, we have a lot of conversations um, throughout the week, and uh, he is always, always looking for ways to improve Phoenix Bible Church. And fundraising has been a major focus, right, Tim? And uh, I can tell you that fundraising is an exhausting process. And we'll continue to do that. We'll continue to look for other ways to, 
to sustain ourselves. Um, but a lot of this is due, actually all of this is due to the efforts of Tim. Uh, and so we'll continue to do that. And so Tim, thank you so much for your, for your commitment and dedication. Okay, so where do we want to go? Tim just shared sort of a real quick high-level uh, vision for where we need to be. Um, so where we need to get to, what we would like, is to go from a budget of 13500 to about 16200 I think it was. Is that right? Yeah, $16,300. So that may seem like a big jump, in, in monthly giving, it's about $2,800 uh, per month, but it basically equals about $700 more a week, which when you break that down, isn't a whole lot of money. And just to kind of put this in perspective for you guys, um, the average budget for a church our size across the board is between sixteen dollars and $18,000 a month. So we're not, um, we're not shooting for the moon we're just shooting for ways that we can change that, that slight negative into a positive and then give us some breathing room to be able to stand on our own two feet a little bit stronger and be able to absorb some of these visions that Tim uh, spoke about and be able to honor some of these volunteers who are giving so much of their time um, with being able to support them, at least in a small way financially. We certainly, certainly, guys, need some staff. Uh, the church is getting to a, ploy, a point where um, it's too big for one person, but too small for a bunch. Um, but we certainly need to give Tim some, some relief. Uh, at some point, we don't want to burn him out. And um, we're growing to that point where we need to be able to bring on some staff. So we feel like 16300 is a, a solid number. will allow us to do that. Um, so really what we're looking for um, to do that is, is to you. Uh, certainly, we're going to continue to look for outside funding to help us. But really, the ultimate goal of any organization is to be able to stand on its own two feet and to be able to absorb anything that comes down the pipe. So we're going to look to you, and there's, there's a few ways that you guys can do that. We need you to pray about this. Um, none of this happens without God, and none of this should happen without a lot of prayer and a lot of um, wisdom and seeking. So we're going to ask you guys all to pray about where you land on this spectrum. Um, we're going to ask you that if you're not giving at this point, that you would think about giving something, whatever that looks like for you. Uh, we're not in a position to tell you what that looks like, but a percentage um, of giving, if you're not doing that currently, if this is your home, uh, we would ask that you invest in this and help us to grow this ministry um, so that we can reach more people for Christ. And if you are currently giving, we're going to ask that maybe you search and see if there's ability to give a little bit more. Um, this is our church, and we've been doing this for a year and a half together as a family, uh, and it's truly been remarkable. And we're at this place now where you can feel it, right? You can kind of feel we're on that precipice of really something big, and uh, it's going to take all of us to get there. So I pray that you, I ask that you guys would just pray through all of that and join us. And give whatever you can to help us get to that. It's only $700 more a month or a week, um, which isn't a lot of money. A little, little more than seven bucks a person on average, maybe a little less than that uh, per week. So if you guys could uh, join us in that, that would be great. Thanks, Scott.
Well, Scott uh, just laid it out, um, all the details, but the ways you can give Sunday mornings, obviously, online, uh, there's an option you can give actually uh, automated, so you don't even have to think about it. You can also give by mail, and the address is on the screen for that as well. Uh, and then you should have walked in with essentially everything we're talking about today on a little handout. Do you guys have that? If you have that, would you just hold that up so I can see that you have it? Yeah, so a lot of you have it. If you didn't get it on the way out at the Connect Desk, grab one of those. It's, it's the graphic love moves on the back of that. It has all these details. And the purpose behind that is just so that you know that we want to be transparent with you, direct with you of like, this is the vision that God has laid on our hearts. This is where we believe he's taking us. And this is how we get there. And so that you would, as Scott said, you would pray. A key way to do that as roommates, as friends, as a couple, as a family, is take that Love Moves card and put it on your fridge. So don't throw that away, right? That costs money, part of that budget, right? Don't throw it away. Put it on your fridge, put it on your mirror, whatever the case may be, and, and daily just begin to pray that God would move in your life and in the lives of others uh, to, to give and be a part of what we believe God has for us at Phoenix Bible Church and that you would participate in giving if you're not already. And, um, you know, as we kind of wrap this up, I, I've shared this analogy before with some of you, and, and some of you, though, probably haven't heard it, but just I think about our church, and the best visual and illustration I can come up with is we're kind of like the kid who graduates college. And some of you went to college, and maybe you experienced this, but you graduate from college, and if you're like me, you wanted your parents' life right then. And so you graduate from college and you want the car, the house, the things, the lifestyle, and you want all those things right now. And then you get in the workforce and then you start to pay some bills and you realize what? Like it took your parents like 10 years to get to that point. It took a lot of sweat and tears and sacrifice and work to get to that point. And, and we're like that college student. And so maybe some of you are new, maybe some of you have been here for a while, and you're thinking like, why don't we have this? Why don't we have this program? Why aren't we doing this yet? What about this? Tim, what if, what if we had a facility? What, why don't we have all this? Well, the reason is we're just starting out. That God may have that for us in the future, but it's going to take some, some time, some sacrifice, some sweat, and some tears to build up to that. Does that make sense? And so listen, I don't know what that does to your heart into your head, but that is exciting. Clearly, I'm biased, <laughs> but that's worth giving your life to. Because listen, we just saw it on the video. There was a lady on that video who got baptized, who got brought to our church through a flyer in January of last year. And she began to, to talk with us and talk with me and talk with others, and God began to do a, a new work in her life. She joined a community group, and we got to celebrate new life in Jesus with her on Easter. We were talking about that, and she said, Tim, my, my son in kids' ministry now with me at church is coming home, and he's talking about things like sin. And I've never heard him talk about that before, and I was like, how do you know about sin? And he's like, kids' ministry, they teach me about sin. They teach me how to follow Jesus. And, and you begin to see this picture of we're like that college student. We're building this life. We're building this church that in 10 years we want to see what God does and how he multiplies and grows this church. And we're not there yet, but you can see the picture of he's done that in her life. What if he does that in her son's life? And what if a year or two or three or five from now we're watching that kid come out of the water experiencing new life in Jesus? 
Do you see the legacy in that? Do you see what God wants to do in and through you? He wants to transform lives as we see love move in us and through us. And that in five to ten years that you will, not just me, you will get to look back and not just say, I heard about that. Or I was there. No, you'll get to say, I was a part of that. I was a part of that. That God used me, God used my family, God used my kids to see lives transformed by the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's the picture that we're working towards. That's what God is doing. Will you be a part of that? Will you partner with us in that? Will you take a step of faith to join that journey with us? I I pray that you will. I believe God has amazing things in store for Phoenix Bible Church. And we need to lift that up to him. So let's do that now. Let's pray. Father in heaven, I do pray that, that we would catch the vision, not my vision, but your vision for this church. That we would catch it. It would take hold of our heart It would take hold of our hands, that it would move us out. And God, for some of us today, that means moving us out in a relationship with you. Maybe some people are here today that that don't even know you. And God, I pray that their first step would be being moved out to place their faith in Jesus Christ, his life, death, and resurrection for them, that they would get to celebrate with us in baptism new life in you. And God, the people here that know you, the men and women that that do know you. God, I pray that love would move them and their devotion to you and worshiping you. That's why we're here. That's why we're about to sing is love moves us to do that. We don't do it out of obligation. It's not cold religion. It's not symbolic. It's not out of routine. That love moves us to worship you. And God, I pray that it would do that for us collectively as a church in a few minutes as we sing to you. God, I pray that it would move us in our declaration, that we would talk about you with others. We'd figure out how to invite others to church. We'd figure out how to talk about our faith and learn to do that well. That it would work itself out in demonstration as we serve this area and serve beyond this area to see your name made famous. God, that your love would move in us and through us. We need your help. And so we ask for that now. It's in the name of Jesus we pray. And everybody said, amen.